Welcome to the Bariatric Podcast, the weight loss surgery podcast coming to you from Central Texas. I'm your host, Chip Reynolds, and today is 27 March 2016. This is episode one of the Bariatric Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I'll be talking a little about my background, my experiences battling my weight, and how I came to the decision to have this surgery. I'll also talk a little about my experiences before and afterwards. At the end of the show, I'll share a recipe that I've had uh, that's bariatric friendly and that I've enjoyed since my surgery. In future episodes, I plan to bring on guests who have either had the surgery or are thinking about it to talk about their experiences, their journey, and their decision making. We'll also invite on their family members or friends that supported them before and afterwards, and we'll try to answer common questions and take questions from our listeners. I also plan to invite some of the medical professionals from area hospitals, including the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center on Fort Hood, Texas, where I had my surgery. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please like us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast, or you can email us at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at bariatricpodcasts. There's no T at the end as Twitter has a character limit even for their handles. To start the show, here is my progress report. I'm 45 years old. My heaviest weight was 356 pounds. My surgery weight was 320 pounds. My current weight is 245 pounds, and my goal weight is 170 pounds. I had RNY gastric bypass surgery on December 7th, 2015, and tomorrow will be 16 weeks since my surgery. Now a little about me. I retired from the Army after 20 years of service in late 2012. Around the midpoint of my career in the service, I injured my back. For the first few years, it didn't cause too much trouble for me in regards to my health and weight. After a lengthy rehab period, I was able to run again and do most exercises without too much pain. But after a few years, though, my weight began creeping up on me and it became hard to exercise without pain. I allowed my back to become an excuse for my lack of exercise and I never changed my eating habits, so my weight continued to go up and up. The last few years I was in the Army, my weight shot up to more than 250 pounds while I was deployed, and during my last few months leading up to my retirement I shot up to over 300 pounds. Over the next year I I looked for work but learned early on that my health had deteriorated so badly. I had trouble standing for, for work for longer than about 30 minutes at a time. My back hurt a lot, and I couldn't stop sweating from the smallest exertions. I was out of breath a lot. I eventually took a desk job, but it still required going out to meet people, and a lot of walking and talking with people. Only now I was doing it in a suit, which just added to my sweating problems. I was constantly wiping my forehead clean of sweat, and would run like tears down my cheeks and neck. If I was outside in the heat, I was sure to sweat through my dress shirt and into my suit jacket. All this came to a head in the summer and in early fall of 2014. A very good friend of mine sat down with me and asked if he could talk with me honestly. He was worried about me. He thought my weight was having a huge impact on my ability to do my job, and even more negative effect on my health. He thought I was depressed and that I should seek professional help. He said all this in a very frank and honest manner, and we had a great conversation about it, without it getting down to feeling insulting at all, and it really hit hit me that I was not only having an effect on myself, but I was also affecting the people around me. 
It meant a lot to me that he could have this conversation with me and I promised him I'd seek help. I joined a gym and started going fairly regularly. I also talked to my doctor and was referred to a psychologist in the clinic. After speaking with them, I learned I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and not so much depression, but it was still wearing on me. I began learning techniques to deal with my anxiety in a constructive manner, and I also got a referral to this general surgery clinic at the hospital to learn more about my options for weight loss surgery. By the time I went to the weight loss surgery seminar at the hospital in October of 2014, I'd already fallen off the gym wagon, but I was excited about the possibility of learning more about the surgery. At the seminar, we learned about the different types of weight loss surgery done by the clinic, the requirements to be considered a candidate. I would have to start attending weight loss surgery support groups, I'd have to lose 9 pounds, have an EKG, chest x-rays, a psychiatric evaluation, have blood drawn and labs completed, and do a barium swallow. None of those things other than the 9 pounds sounded very hard at the time. I started out strong knocking out some of the easier requirements like group meeting attendance and the psyche eval. It started to lose steam as I just couldn't seem to shake off those nine pounds. By January, I'd given up and quit going to group meetings, and I hoped everyone that knew I had started the process would forget about it. In June 2015, I stepped on the scale and saw that my weight had gone up to 356 pounds. I knew that I had to do something. I gave up sugary drinks completely and started watching what I was eating a little bit better. It wasn't perfect, but it was a small start. But professionally, it was a bit late for me to change things for, up for the better. I allowed my health and weight to affect my ability to do my job for so long, I just wasn't able to recover. I left the company for three weeks before getting the opportunity to return a modified position that played to my strengths while allowing me to focus on myself more. This new position greatly reduced my stress and my anxiety as well. By September, I had lost 10 pounds and felt I was on a good path. I remember I was in a co-worker's office going over some planning details when I got a call from the hospital. I excused myself to take the call and it was the chief nurse of the bariatric clinic calling to tell me it had been more than six months since I had attended a meeting. She wanted to know if I wanted out of the program or if I wanted to stay in. It was exactly the phone call I needed at that point in my life. I told her I wanted to stay in and she said I would have to start over from scratch. I attended a second weight loss surgery uh, seminar almost exactly a year after I had attended the first. In that year, the hospital had changed some of the re pre-requirements. In order to qualify as a candidate, I would still have to attend two meetings and do my labs, have another psyche eval, but they removed most of the other requirements. No weight loss requirement, no barium swallow, some of those things were removed. This time around, I was truly motivated to get it done. By the end of October, I had met almost all of the pre-requirements, and soon after, I had an appointment to meet with the surgeon in mid-December. During that time, I had changed my mind about having the gastric sleeve and decided instead for the gastric bypass. It had everything to do with my surgeon. He had attended a number of support group meetings, and I was impressed by his dedication to safety, standard procedures, and his passion to help people. In, the, in early November, I was called again and asked if I would be willing to bump my appointment up to meet with the surgeon a few weeks earlier, and I agreed. I met with the surgeon and he answered all of my questions, as well as going into detail about post-operative requirements regarding medicine, exercise limitations, follow-up at the hospital and nutrition clinic, and general expectations. We then set the date for my surgery. 
Shortly before my surgery, I decided to post to, to Facebook to share my story. One of the things that I learned in 2014 when I kind of gave up was that I hadn't really shared with a lot of people. I had shared you know, the idea of having the surgery with a few people, but not with a lot of people. So when I fell off the wagon, it was kind of easy to just avoid or ignore that topic with just a few people. And I thought for general accountability purposes, both to keep myself accountable, but also to give me the opportunity to feel like I was accountable to more than just you know, a close group of folks that were just here locally, I decided to post about it on Facebook. And the response I received was immensely positive. I can't say thank you enough for all the encouragement I've received from my families and friends there. I met with a nutritionist about 10 days before my surgery to discuss the pre-op diet. It's a low-carb, high-protein liquid diet designed to help shrink the liver so that during surgery it's easier for the surgeon to get to the stomach. I thought the diet would be difficult, and it was. I remember on day two or three thinking that no one would know if I had a cheeseburger, right? But I convinced myself that if there was even one speck of food left in my stomach on the day of the surgery, it could lead to a serious complication or that the surgeon would just not complete the surgery. And that helped me get through it because I really wanted to get it done. Well, that thought and also the sugar-free popsicles. My surgery was done on December 7th, 2015 and it went very well. The nurses made me walk a lot, which was something I was glad to do. I was very sore and used my pain med button fairly often the first night. And I remember being very thirsty that first day, but I wasn't allowed to have everything. My mouth was extremely dry and I just wanted to chew on some ice chips or have some water. But they eventually would only allow me to put a wet washcloth in my mouth to kind of wet it a little. I had visitors that day, although the pain meds make it difficult to remember how long they were there or any of the conversations we had. Some good friends of mine, though, brought my mom to the hospital and they all sat with me for a good bit of the day. It was great to have that support. I was motivated to go home the next day, so I walked as much as I could around the ward and quit using the pain button by Tuesday morning. I also worked very hard to, to drink my shot glass of water every 10 minutes. It's crazy to think back how little I could swallow at the time, but it would take me the full 10 minutes to drink just one ounce of water. I was released Tuesday evening, and another friend drove me home that night. And that's really when the fun began. I have two small dogs, they weigh about 5 and 7 pounds, that love to sit on me when they can. But even that weight was way too much for me to be able to bear on my stomach. I kept a pillow across my midsection and constantly shooed them away from me. And when I thought sitting down and getting up from the couch was difficult, I hadn't really learned anything because getting into bed and out of bed was even worse. Now folks in the group and group meetings said that having a recliner for the first few nights at home was very helpful, but I don't own one and I didn't want to rent one. So I bought a firm wedge pillow and set it, on, set it up on the bed with all my other pillows piled on top of that. This helped a lot for the first few nights of sleeping. A lot of folks I know through groups said that they, it was really hard to get out of bed and they needed assistance from a loved one. I had to figure out how to do it on my own. Any movement on the bed started with making sure I had a pillow across my midsection and I made sure to do everything real slow. Once I had the pillow in place, I would slowly roll to, the, to face the edge of the bed. I then would put my lower legs over the side of the bed while gathering my bottom arm underneath me. Keeping the pillow held firmly across my belly, I would use my bottom arm to slowly push up on my elbow while trying to keep my torso as straight as possible. Once up on the elbow, 
I'd pull my legs up a bit and push with my hand to get upright on the side of the bed. From there I could slowly stand up and put the pillow back on the bed for later. For me, recovery went well. I was off the pain meds they sent me home with by Wednesday night, and I was able to drive myself to a group meeting on Friday afternoon. I attended the office holiday party on Friday night, and even sat next to the dessert table to show everyone how little an effect the desserts had on me. I was back to work on Monday the next week, although I was still moving slowly. From a Facebook post 11 days after my surgery, I wrote that post-op appointment with the surgeon was quick and easy. I was worried about how painful the staple removal would be, but I was busy talking with the surgeon and didn't even realize when the nurse was taking them out. I'll still have to pack my, my incision daily for a few more weeks, but I got some new tape that will hopefully be nicer to my skin. I'll be able to move on to the stage 3 post-op diet, which is soft foods. I was down 7 uh, pounds total from my surgery date, and the surgeon told me that was a good pace and not try for any more than that rate. He also reminded me to keep hydrated, get my protein, and attend as many weight, weight loss support group meetings at the hospital as possible. Exercise was upgraded to 30 minutes of, of walking five times a week, but he told me not to do anything more strenuous for another couple of weeks. Still, I felt great, and I was looking forward to continuing my path of reclaiming my life and my health. On my two-week update, I was down 13 pounds from surgery and had started walking out 15 minutes and back 15 minutes. I also showed the first signs of shrinking out of my clothes. I was on the last belt hole and would not, uh, would not have been able to keep my pants up without the, that belt. At three weeks, I was down 19 pounds and still dealing with some internal pain on, on occasion. I was also still having to pack the main incision site. I bought some new dress shirts that were just, a, just about right in the collar but they were a little snug in the body. I was sure it'd be only a week or two before I'd be able to get into them. I was also moving into wearing some suits I had bought but never worn because they were too small. I was also regularly attending the support group meetings and feeling happy that I was able to share my experience with other folks that were pre-op and hopefully inspire some of them as they made their decision to have the surgery. I also started looking at race calendars. At four weeks, I was down 23 pounds and also had my first run in with eating too quickly. I had some pain in my stomach pouch area when breathing deeply, and I had an upset stomach for several hours, but I never vomited. My walks were improving as I was able to go just a little bit farther every day on my 15 minutes out. I was looking forward to taking my, my one month after pictures and comparing them to my before pictures. When I did take those post-op pictures and look at them side by side with my pre-op pictures, I could really see a difference. Watching my progress day by day made it hard for me to see exactly how much I had changed, even in that one month. Whenever I looked in the mirror, I still saw the same guy looking back at me, but looking at the pictures really gave me a sense of accomplishment and a genuine hope for more. At six weeks post-op, I was down 30 pounds. This was about the time that I signed up for Team RWB at the, uh, at the suggestion of a good friend of mine. What a great support group they are. And I, I was able to attend a few evening walking events, but my work schedule makes it hard for me to get out of here on time, get changed, and get to those events on a daily basis. But in the few 5Ks that I've run so far, I've been proud to wear the eagle at the events. At seven weeks post-op, I met with a nutritionist and expressed my desire to run a marathon. I also spoke with my surgeon about it around that same time. 
They pledge to assist me as I work through the specific obstacles of energy replacement and hydration that oppose bypass patient experiences, and all while trying to run a marathon. At the end of January, I attended a gaming convention, PAX South. I attended the same convention a year earlier, and what a difference a year had made. I did more walking and visiting and events on Friday than I had done in all three days of the year before. I stood in line for panels, I walked all over the con convention center, expo hall, went up and down several floors. It was in San Antonio, so I got out of the convention center and walked around downtown. I visited the Alamo and just wandered some of the streets. I couldn't do any, any of that the year earlier, and it was such a great experience. I also vomited for the first time since surgery during that trip, and I blamed the carrots and the protein bar I ate during that time. Although only one of them is probably the culprit, I'm staying away from both right now. By two months, I was down 46 pounds from surgery, and you could see the difference in my pictures even more. I took all the suits that were too small just two months earlier to have them altered, and have about seven inches removed from the waist of the pants. At 12 weeks, I was down 60 pounds and looking forward to my follow-up with the surgeon. I had already begun some light jogging on my walks and I, was going to, and I was going for closer to 40 minutes when I exercised. I was also excited to find that I was fitting into clothes I had stored five years earlier and was, I was able to push my seat in in the car a little forward because I had so much room between me and the steering wheel. It was around that time that I also registered for the marathon I planned to run. December 4th, 2016, I'll be running the San Antonio Rock and Roll Marathon. That's two days after my 46th birthday and three days before my one year anniversary of the surgery. And I'm really excited about the possibility. At three months, I was down 66 pounds from surgery and had broken the 100 pound mark from my heaviest weight. I also noticed that my hair was falling out a little. Nothing major, but I would notice when I was getting ready for work I'd have a few hairs left on my hand while getting ready. My three months before and after pics are, are the first set where I'm smiling in the after photo. You can really see the difference there. Well, that nearly catches us up to the present. I've run two 5Ks over the past two Saturdays and I was able to jog the whole way on both. The second one was slightly longer but slightly faster than the first one, so I'm improving. There's a lot more to talk about what happened to me over the last three months or so, but that'll be saved for another episode. Now let's move on to the recipe of the show. This one is a good soft food protein recipe for pudding. It comes straight out of the Nutrition Therapy Clinic Tips book for weight loss surgery from the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center. You'll need one small package of sugar-free instant pudding, any flavor you like, two cups of cold skim or 1% milk, I use the skim, and four scoops of whey protein powder, unflavored and unsweetened. I use nature's best isopure whey protein powder, unflavored. First, combine all the ingredients into a bowl and whisk for about two minutes or per the package's directions. Divide the pudding into four small containers and let them set in the fridge. Each pudding dish will have the, the protein amount from one scoop of your protein powder and half a cup of milk. I made this and took them to work daily for, soft protein meal, for a soft protein meal during the uh, day when I was on the stage 3 post-op diet and still have it now and then. Well, that's all we have for today. Once again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. 
Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at bariatricpodcast, no T on the end. Or email us at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or concerns. One last thing is a general shout out to the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center General Surgery Clinic. I want to tell you a little bit about the bariatric services that they have available there. They perform gastric bypass, sleeve gastrectomy, lap band removal revision, bariatric procedures, and anti-reflux procedures. The general indications for whether this is maybe right for you or not, if you have a BMI between 35 and 40 associated with hypertension, diabetes, sleep apnea, GERD, or joint pain, or if you have a BMI over 40 with or without the associated medical conditions. If you're interested in an informational seminar with a fellowship-trained bariatric surgeon, contact the Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center Bariatric Program at, and this is a really long email address, usarmy.hood.medcom slash crdamc dot mbx dot bariatric at mail.mil. By emailing that address, you'll receive information on how to participate in the upcoming weight loss surgery seminar. And from there, you can make your decision on whether it's right for you.